We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. Bang, 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 bang. Episode 42 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I am your host, Brittany Brahmaragaracker, and with me is Nick Voodoo. The answer to great question of life, the universe, and everything is 42. I was going to say 12, but that works too. No, 42. No, no, Pacehacker's no. Guide, as per request of many people. 12 is just my number, man. Everything's 12. 29 uh, was mine. Yeah, whatever. We were supposed to have bees on tonight, but due to internet technical difficulties, he will not be able to join us. So you are and... stuck listening to Nick and I. Yeah. <laughs> Get used to it. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, I know. Yeah. Bees is fun. Bees is a good guy. Um, yes. So I, Nick, went on a zombie 5K, a zombie run. I saw that. Last week and last weekend, and it was amazing. Do it tell, was, do tell. It was so much fun. I'm going to pull up their website so I can see um, where else they're going to. Because if you are going to be in one of the areas where they're going to be touring, you seriously, anybody listening needs to do it. It was so fun. Um, so they're going to Missouri, Pennsylvania, SoCal, Toronto, Maryland, Florida, and Texas. All between now and December. So make yeah. sure you go to runforyourlives.com and check that out. Um, Nowhere near me. <laughs> sad, sad. But wah, no, it was wah. it was a lot of fun. Um so did it, it was like did it I take said, you past the Costco? No, they didn't, there was no Costco available. Well, then it obviously wasn't the the Brittany Brombacher version of it wasn't the, the real experience. Run. No, um, but uh, it was a five k obstacle course. So they had you know like mud up to like your waist, um, big slides full of mud. You had to like crawl through fences, jump over hurdles. Like it was so it was a lot of fun. It was a workout though. I was huffing and puffing. Nice. So, yeah, so how it works is that you're given three flags and you wear them around your waist. And then they just, you can go with the fast group is when you average anywhere between a nine and below minute mile. And mm-hmm. then you can do the nine and the 12 minute mile, which is the second group, or like the slow group, which is the one that I went in. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't want to run for it, like three miles straight. Is there a slower than slow group that I could be in? Yeah, you, can, you could have walked this whole thing. You would have been in the dessert wave, which is where I was. that's what it was called the dessert wave (laughs) nice that's (laughs) awesome so yeah so you're given three flags and um the course in i think each course is different but the course in washington was on a motocross park so yeah i went through like all like the dusty like humps and whatever and then it went through uh some woods it was really fun my only and there's a bunch of zombies and if they took all three of your flags you were dead but you still had to complete the course anywho my only complaint was that it was such a linear path is that you like had to like you would come across a path that was maybe 10 feet wide and you have two zombies guarding it. So it's like what are your chances of actually getting past there without them taking your flag unless you had like 20 other people with you and maybe you can like squeeze on by. So Well, you could also, you know, trip someone. You could, but you probably would have been thrown out. Oh, there's rules? There are rules, yeah. You can't touch fuck? anybody. Even no, though this no, one no, no. person like grabbed my like shorts and like spun me around and I'm like, I thought you weren't supposed to be able to grab anybody, but <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that was a lot of fun. So what would have been even more fun, I think, is if um they would have just had the entire course in the wood like woods. So you could actually try to like sneak by and evade the zombies, you know? Right. And, climb trees and shit, which is what I wanted to do, but you couldn't do any of that. So, so, it, so it was like the sort of Call of Duty version of Zombie Run. <laughs> you, could not de- you cannot except deviate from was, the path. Yeah, except for it was way more linear than Call of Duty, which is hard to believe. <laughs> Wait, what? 
How is that even possible? It, it is possible, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it was so wow. fun. I would say it wasn't very much. It was just zombies because, like, the zombies, the people in the chorus trying to take your flag were zombies. But that was pretty much, like, it as far mm-hmm. as, like, the zombie theme goes. But, like, it was still a lot of fun. And some of the obstacles were a lot of fun. So, anyway, check out com, And you should totally, like, do it because it's fun. Cool. Woo! 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 So, now we can talk about this thing called We're Alive, which is the original reason why we're here. Oh. Yeah. Cool. And first thing awesome. I want to say is uh, I have the contest all prepped and ready to win the Barstow hat that was signed by the crew present at the We're Alive live reading. Excellent. It should, I know. It should be on my blog, I would say, what's today? Wednesday. Um, maybe early next week. So go to blonder.com and uh, that's blonde with an E at the end of it. And it will be up early next week, and you should enter to win it because it would be amazing. Of course, we'll post about it on the forums and on the Facebook page and Twitter as well. And the newly revived Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. WND Podcast. Uh, Nick is now running that, thank God, because like I fail at life when it comes to running that thing. Yeah, I've got more than I, – I, I have more than my fair share of Twitter accounts that get circled through my devices. So uh, if you if you tweet at, uh, at WND Podcast, uh, you might – be more likely to get a response than say if you had tweeted the WND podcast in the last eight months or so. <laughs> exactly. We actually have a live human working it now, so that's good. Damn straight. Yep. So thanks for the people that responded uh, this week, specifically the ones when I uh, I asked out what was your favorite uh, season three moment, uh, and then we did get the question back: what was our favorite season three moment? And of course, mine is when Angel got uh, killed because you know. <laughs> That's just how I roll. Um, and I didn't get a chance to get yours. What's well, your favorite season three moment so far? Let the people know. Ooh, favorite season three moment. Uh, the one that sticks out in my head is the one we talked about last week was uh, the Bert scene when his fingers get yeah. cut off. I think, you know, not only because listening to that scene was amazing, but I actually got to talk to Scott Marvin about it, you know, like the following week or two weeks later at right. the Wear Live Live event. So it was just to get his, like, personal point of view on it. And to, yeah, it was so good. So bad but so good at the same time yeah that was the other popular one a lot of it has been uh, a lot of people's responses have been um Saul and victor's relationship has been a popular one uh angel mm-hmm. dying was of course mine um and then uh, the scene with bert was a lot of everyone's favorite and also kalani's backstory yeah i think so, that's you know, really- lots of lot, those are pretty much the big themes that everyone has been enjoying thus far on the twitterverse so Keep an eye out for our Twitter. I'm going to keep using the hashtags WND and then the number of podcasts we're on. So if you have a thought you want to send to us, use that hashtag. Um, I will post it out every week to remind you. But, you know, talk to yeah. us. Yeah, talk, or talk we, to me. We like you. Well, talk to Nick. And Nick might relay me in the message and I might talk back. But I will always relay you in the we message. We should ask the man editing our podcast, Bees, what was your favorite season three moment? <gasps> Insert Bees quote here. Definitely going to be Jenna McCombie saying... Bees, you better start running. Although I know that's not technically part of this season, but close enough for me. Cool. That moment sucked. Yeah, cool story, bro. Don't tell it again. Jesus. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so now to get on uh, to the recap. <laughs> it's awkward because we don't know what he said. We really don't. So he could have agreed with me, and I was like, no, you suck. Yeah, totally. But Bees wouldn't do that. He wouldn't make us look like idiots because he never does those things. Oh, never. I am fairly certain you guys relished that moment. A little too much, probably, but still. Never. Alrighty, so let's get into the recap of chapter 32. Yep. One, and the title of it is... (gasps) 
captive hearts. Dun dun dun. I had him say that because I couldn't remember honestly. Today has been <laughs> today. No, honestly, today has been such a blur. Like I miss, I totally miss one of my earlier podcasts because my parents came by for a surprise visit, and then my internet wasn't working, and now here I am. Yeah, but and yeah, and we, we were gonna start this one earlier too because, man, I'm tired. Oh, you're an old man. Okay, so I'll make this quick. I have a nice, brief recap here. So we won't spend forever doing it. What? She'll kill me if I tell you. I'll kill you if you don't tell me. Maybe not, but I'll try and hurt you really bad. Am I supposed to keep guessing? Shirley? Is this... Bert? What happened to Bert? What did she do to him? Keep your voice down. He's alive. Where is he? She hurt him pretty bad. Worse than before. How long has he been here? How long? Easy. You're not supposed to get stressed out. It's too late for that. Tell me. Via bricks, Lizzie found out that Bert has been in the colony this entire time and has been wounded pretty badly. And she also found out about Angel, and Nick's favorite thing about Angel is that he is dead. Yay! She is frustrated because she is fat, pregnant, and can't do anything. I may or may not have added the fat and the pregnant part of that. However, (laughs) when she's bitching about not being able to do anything... I can't do a whole hell of a lot. Brix is like, well, can Can I? I? You're asking me? Yeah, I don't know what to do. Lizzie asks if he can, can sneak, sneak Bert out, but Brick says that someone, someone would see, see him and, and the, the door, door has, has an alarm. alarm. Well, Lizzie then uses the logic. Hmm, well, if Scratch killed someone in the family, then something bad ha- has to happen to her because that's the way the family operates. She doesn't want Jirai to find out, does she? I don't think so. And so her and Br- she and Bricks come up with this plan to show Dry the videotape of Angel being murdered, which he was supposed to destroy via Scratch's orders, but he did not. TARDIS would take her side, and then it'd be your word against both of theirs. She might even pin it on someone else. I could just show him the tape. But you said that... She told me to destroy it. Didn't say that I did. Then you need to show it to him. He needs to see it couple things with that um first of all now we definitely know that dr jason's dead yes instead of just assuming because bricks tells us as much although i don't think bricks knows he said dr jason's not around anymore mm-hmm. like dude really <laughs> you were so cutely innocent i want to pinch your cheeks uh, <laughs> um and my other favorite line within this whole thing lizzie saying oh i'll kill you okay well maybe i could try but i could hurt you really work. bad or try I really bad <laughs> It'll, it'll hurt, and I'm also, man, I cannot believe, and I don't know if anyone posted it on the forum, Facebook, Twitter, verse, anywhere. I don't think anyone else figured out that the rules of the game can be used against Scratch. Someone on the forum did say they did mention it earlier, but I didn't actually go back to confirm. But yeah, I think a Neither lot did of I. A I lot of And people, I didn't see who said it either. I can't remember, but um, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about that. It was not a thing that even crossed my mind. It's like, oh, hello. I mean, that, duh. Yeah, it, yeah. I have to wonder how how long Casey just sits there rocking in the chair, going, "Why isn't it this obvious? It should be so obvious. Why don't you know? Why it should have been know? obvious. Yeah, it should have It was like right there, staring at us in the face. But we're all derp to derp. Derp Mm-hmm. So that is how the Lizzie Bricks scene ended. With Bricks apparently going to go get the tape and show her eye. But we can talk about that in detail yeah. later. Um. So now let's go back to the plan to get Victor into the colony. 
I don't think it's gonna work, so I'm not doing it. You're doing it. Hell, I would if she'd let me. No, there isn't any other way in. I've looked, we've all looked, this is it. Someone's going to notice. They won't. Not if you do it right. So the plan is to get Victor inside the water tanker. And the water guy, quote, Max or something, this is how they get the water. He gets to the river, he starts pumping the water into the truck. He parks, flips the pump on, and then Victor will apparently get inside the truck. That's the game plan. And once he's inside the colony, he'll wait until the water tank he'll wait in the water tanker until the guards change shifts. At that point, he'll find a nearby shed, tool shed, go inside and change and get his bearings about him. Once all that's taken care of, he'll get in contact with one of the names Glenn and Pete gave them. Best point of contact would be Clayton. And there you go. So that was what the main. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? And he had like extra water air tanks. I think CJ said. Yep. He's in a wetsuit. You know, there's another point of contact for air. The only issue that he was kind of worried about, well, one of the many issues I should say, was uh, the seal getting shut, the latch. Yeah. What if he notices the hatch isn't locked and closes it? Then I'm really screwed. If he does that, we'll interfere. If he doesn't, then we'll follow the truck however long we can until the gate. What else you got? Um, so anyway, you know, that's just a risk they're going to have to take. CJ said they would interfere if that would happen, yada, yada, yada. So then fast forward to mission time. And everything goes according to plan, except when they bring the tanker into the colony. They check it. And by after they check it, they seal it shut. The dude checking it was like, well, did you know that this, you know, isn't sealed all the way? And homeboy driving the truck was like, oh, yeah, sometimes that happens. And dude checking the tanker was like, okay, well, I'm just going to seal it for you. And then... Cut chunk. No, 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 you didn't. Fuck, you did. So then he's waiting. Uh, so, okay, Nick, you can yep. take it from here because my notes run out. I know what oh. happens, but you can probably explain it more eloquently. All right, so the dri- at that point, the after the driver puts his clothes back on, because, you know, it's the colony, and you have to take the clothes off every yep. time you get Gatekeeper's back. Gatekeeper's favorite part about the colony. Yeah, apparently, no matter who's in charge of the colony, that the stripped-down rules still apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, driver takes the truck into its uh, regular parking spot, and it's got a guard there, and the driver, who had said before, I need to get to dinner, says, well, hey, dude guard man why don't you go ahead and go away and go to dinner and sends the guard away and then he starts doing the exact same thing that the uh guard was doing uh during the check-in tapping the tank all over the place until he gets right next to victor and says all right wow i know you're in it dun 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 so yeah, um, Homeboy knows that uh, Victor is in there. Now before we kind of speculate as who this man is, there was a small glitch. There is now an ultra-rare episode of We're Alive, Chapter 32, Part 1. Maybe you own it. According to I the do. words of Casey. Do you own it? I do. You do? You should get it signed. Um, Casey, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Casey says, just as an FYI, there's a small g- glitch I just got reported. And the person submitted, quote, I don't know if this is intentional, but there is an exact repeat of Victor's line at 11.16. It repeats at 11.46, but CJ's line is different afterwards. Am I hearing things? Casey said, I will fix that. File must have relinked before the last bounce. So if you have just downloaded the episode, you will have the correct version. But if you downloaded it right when it released, you have the ultra-rare incorrect version. Which is, even um, I ended up downloading through the mobile store because I didn't bring my laptop with me to work on Monday. So I, even though I downloaded it, you know, four whatever hours later after it updates for everyone else, 
Uh, I still have the rare version because that was the one that was still being pushed by mobile ah. and then got corrected by probably like 8 o'clock Eastern oh, okay. time. So I still have the rare version even though I got a late download. Oh, snap. Yeah. So it's fun because, you know, it's one of those things that if, if there was just the tiniest bit of change of inflection in that, mm-hmm. that would more, that would be hilarious as all get out because it's the exact same thing he said before, just a different inflection, same word saying, you know, you think this is different, but really, I'm going to be fucked. <laughs> and then bring up more ideas. No, but really, I am going to be fucked. <laughs> right. That and it would have been, been. And it would have been if if it was if it had been intentional. Great, but you know it's a glitch. And Casey admitted it's a glitch. So. Right. So it's kind of like collecting rare error Pokemon cards. That's how I look at it. Collect there all these rare. Yes. All right. So um, I guess a hot topic that took up like four pages of the forum was who is the truck driver. And I think a lot of us are aiming that it is Bixby, Shovelface. I am positive that it is Bixby. I went back and I listened to chapter 193? Mm-hmm. 193, yes. Uh, where Pegs was in the tool shed hiding from Gatekeeper and Bixby. Uh-huh. Definitely the same guy. He does go un- He does go uncredited in this episode. Mm-hmm. Probably, I would obviously imagine on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that he is being hidden from the general viewer. Right. And you have to try and guess who he is, but it, I'm 99.999% positive it is Bixby. Right. And, uh, you know, Casey usually responds to questions on the forum if they're, like, legit questions. You know, not, like, legit, but if they're questions that he doesn't care if people really know about. Right. And uh, he completely ignored the topic of who is the tank driver? Who is the tank driver? So, you know, yep. we're not really supposed to, like... Well, I mean, it's not that we're not supposed to know, but it's definitely one of those, it's, like, It's one of games. those things that he intentionally left blank so that we would have to guess. Exactly. As opposed to, like, again, sorry, I keep bringing this up today. Angel being shot. No, there was no question. That was definitely Angel being shot. There is no no ifs, ands, buts. There's no conspiracy theory. Right. It's not some random person from the tower that they found and they're mistaken for Angel. No, it was Angel. He got shot in the face. He's dead. Exactly. Like, he confirmed This did those not things. happen this time. But this, he didn't know. He did not confirm. So, a few comments on this. Adventurous Hero says, so is that... Bixby, that is on water detail, sounds like our old shovel face. I don't think he has bad intentions. I'm not quite sure when he figured out someone was in the water tank. Me thinks when the guy inspecting the truck noticed the latch was open. Anyway, I hope he doesn't rat on Victor, but rather I don't know if he is sympathetic to the cause. Quote, hello Victor, tell me where your pal Michael is. I haven't been able to chew my food since he took a shovel to my face and I'd like to return the favor. <laughs> That was Adventureless Heroes thought, and then we have one from Nathan Louise. I think the driver, Bixby, is a bit cautious over Victor. But I feel like he's probably a bit delusional with life with the Mauler, so he doesn't immediately go to scratch Durai, whoever, to report them and get them dealt with. I feel Bixby thinks he could use the unknown person, Victor, to to help against the Maulers, as it's a bit weird for them to be sneaking into the colony when it is in this situation unless they are chasing down the Maulers. Oh, that was a long sense. Yeah. That was a very long sentence. Mm-hmm. You know that that to me has been been tickling my noodle for a while. Is when does Bixby figure out that Victor got in there? Because right. it seems odd that he would let it go so long. Unless obviously the point is he intended to like if he saw Victor mm-hmm. or he knew that they were out there because one of the guardians spotted them because you know they're moving out there in the abyss of nothing. Right. Odds are they're going to be have been seen by someone if they caught them and figured out oh that's Victor. You know maybe. They just wait to see what maybe his 
his if, intention was. I don't right, know. If, if Bixby, I think, wanted Victor's help and he knew he was there from the get-go, you think he would have been like, okay, dude, so if you're going to, like, crawl into my tank or back at the river, you know, to, like, infiltrate and help us out, let's talk a game plan so they don't catch you. You know what I mean? I think he would have yeah. not have just let him, like, do his own thing. I'm thinking right, maybe when he... Right. No. Sorry, I mean, go ahead. No, I was saying, I think maybe the only thing I can think of is when the latch was open, or semi-open, and then... um. They looked inside the tanker. Maybe Bixby saw something that alerted him that, like, a regular guard wouldn't have known to look for. I don't know. Maybe. But at that point, you know, Bixby's down, you know, he's down on ground level. And the guy's, like, up at, on top of the water tanker closing the latch mm-hmm. and, like, looking inside of it. So then he's not even on the same level to see it. Oh, you're right. You're right. You know, and I'm almost – and if Bixby had known from the beginning, you know, and he wanted to, like, start to make that – plan of course then yeah oh you have things that'll keep you safe dude i'm locking you in mm-hmm. and just hide because they're gonna check right because obviously this is a new procedure that they didn't do before when victor was there they are checking the tankers now uh-huh so if makes me knew that he probably and he knew that victor was there you know why doesn't he tell him hide or it's really weird to figure out what his end game is right now here's a thought if while at the checkpoint he and the other guard bigsby and the other guard were checking the tank and Bigsby saw that there were air bubbles inside or saw that it was open, but he specifically remembered closing it and knows that it doesn't happen sometimes, then it would be in his best interest to call that guard off and then take the person inside and then address the situation himself. Otherwise, he might get some backlash for letting someone in or letting someone slip past him while he should have been on guard. So we will find out. Out, hopefully next week, unless Hope Casey so. Whalen decides to go visit Fort Irwin. But, you know, that's a thing that could happen. Um, forgotten that would one. suck right now. <laughs> forgotten One says regarding the tank, is it my imagination or does Victor seem to be making a lot of noise in that tank? I've never personally been inside one myself, but I would think he might be echoing or something. I just wonder if all of his noises alerted the driver. It did seem that like, the driver wanted to keep his weapon. I'm thinking he doesn't know who is on the inside. He's probably wondering why anyone would want to sneak in, because everyone else wants out. I wonder if it's possible when Glenn got the radio working, he might have contacted someone in the colony, maybe the driver. Mm, my thought would um, I can't imagine Glenn like doing something like that and not telling them that he alerted someone yeah. to their presence. Yeah, I think I I agree that I don't think Glenn's involved in any way, shape, or form. I also don't think that anyone at the at the colony can overhear them because they're on that they're on that encrypted police band. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, unless he... in terms in terms of the volume. Uh huh. Yes, I agree. Victor was loud. Yeah. And he's in a big echoey tube. So Victor's not very graceful. No, and you know what this is this is the same problem that a lot of like the military folk that listen to this show have had with the entire Tower clan since the beginning is that they don't police their lights. They're loud they're they're throwing a party when the world is over. Gee, I wonder <laughs> if anyone's gonna hear. Um you know what I mean? So policing your sound it, it's it's horrible for real life situations. They're mm-hmm. terrible at it, but in terms of the dramatic elements of it and pushing the story forward, it's good that they have these problems. Right. Because <laughs> otherwise, you know, some things don't happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel, I don't know that Bixby would be able to hear what Victor was saying, mm-hmm. because most of the time when he was making noise, he was, the truck was on. The truck was and, going, so he's not going to hear Victor sloshing around back there, probably, so. Right. Right. 
So maybe it was like after the fact, after the guard went away and uh, he he was saying, oh, fuck, 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 it's closed before the truck turned on. Maybe there was a delay between that. I'm not really sure off the top of my head. Maybe right. that was when he heard it. I don't know. Yeah, he's probably used to driving that thing. So anything that's off or sounds a little weird, you know, he probably yeah. alert to it right away. So um, Endgame, I think Bixby is not going to report Victor. I'm hoping not. I'm thinking for some reason Bixby might be like, yeah, it fucking sucks here. Let's get the fuck out, you know? And yeah, I'd, love you... to, I'd love to see a Bixby and Michael and Peg's reunion. <laughs> Remember that time I hit you in the face with a shovel? No, yeah, I really let's move didn't, past. didn't. Remember that time you tased my girlfriend? Yeah, let's just move past that part. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope they can just forgive and forget. And, uh, not the most bar- solid foundation for a friendship. But, maybe, hey. maybe they can bury the taser. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you know, shovels involved too. It works. Right. Uh terrible. No, um, I think that Bixby's plan. I don't think it is to escape. I think it's to reclaim control. Mm-hmm. If Gatekeeper's still alive, which is a big if right now, because if I was dry, I probably would have off the guy in charge. Mm-hmm. No matter how long he had been in charge, even though it was only two days, I would have killed him because what? It becomes very clear who's leader if you kill the leader. You know, right? There's no alpha anymore. You are the alpha. You win. So, I would imagine the gatekeeper's dead and maybe Bixby wants revenge on that. Mm-hmm. So, actually, here's a thought. Is that Bixby wants to lead a revolution against Darai. And if they happen to get to Darai mm-hmm. before Brix and Lizzie get to Darai, uh-oh. No yeah. Darai to take out Scratch. Right. Scratch is left to, do, left to her own devices. And badness happens. Right. I mean, the whole... Scratch story, which is a topic we'll get to in a bit. It's just not going to go over smoothly. Oh, so, no, no, no. No, it's not. Um, I guess we can just jump to that right now then. Yeah, might as well. Um, we have a few comments. One is from Farage. F-E-R-R-O-A-G-J. Farage. Sounds like a Farage. Yeah. He says, I'm cur- he or she says, I'm curious to see if Durai even cares. Once Bricks go behind Scratch's back, if Durai doesn't silence her, Bricks is going to be either cast out or killed. It might just be the event that makes him join up with the former Tower crew. Plus, he knows all about the Mauler's weaknesses. If he trades sides, it's a huge blow to them. You know, I, I have a hard... Hmm. I don't know. I mean, do you? It's I don't hard. know how the family. Do you think Durai would be like, well, he left us so long no, ago? No, I, I don't think so. I think that part of me almost thinks that Durai would like revel in the opportunity to attack Scratch. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like that might be something that he might enjoy a little too much because yeah. she is constantly defying him. Yeah. And he wants to move on from it and she just refuses to do it. Mm-hmm. And she has, you know, the reasons of the family rules to do it and he can't defy them. But right. if all of a sudden he gets the opportunity. Uh, he might just be like, "Ooh, scratchy pants! You gonna die?" <laughs> he may just he may just be like overjoyed, and we may hear him giggle or something. I don't know. Hear <laughs> Dry uh. giggle? That's a terrifying thought. Uh, Pike Paw says Dry won't kill Scratch. If Scratch is confronted by it, she will just kill Dry and officially take over. Or she argues it was a mercy killing for Angel's suffering. <laughs> it would be helpful if you had the doctor there and said that he died in the or. You know, he died, he's dead already. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah, too bad Jason, like, you know. <laughs> it's like, too bad you killed the doctor. Dr. Jason. Yeah. Um, Oops. Yeah, I, I really, you know, it's still, I from last week when I was talking about, you know, Riley and the overarching whatever mm-hmm. with uh, Scratch, I don't think Scratch's time is now. Um, I think that <laughs> this may be the time for Dry, if nothing right. else, to go. Right. And leave Scratch as supreme ruler of the Maulers and the colony now. 
Yeah, this is it, the plan's gonna backfire. I, I mean, I just—it's one of those things something where, got to. like, where it's like it's on the clear horizon. Something awesome could come from this, but what the hell is gonna go wrong? Yeah, and you know what? Right now, both the plans are in such precarious positions. Mm-hmm. They both could fail. Who even knows which one is actually gonna even get close to coming to fruition? Right. You know, there's no there's no guarantee that this plan of CJ's is gonna even get to the point of revolution because you know, for all we know, Bixby's gonna just like take Victor right there and be like, he might know exactly where these people are. Yeah. Because he's friends with so-and-so. Right. Um, or, you know, the, it works and there's a little revolution, but that means that Lizzie and Brick's plan falls apart. Or, mm-hmm. it, man. And I want to see questions. how CJ and Saul infiltrate the colony. I'd like to see some yeah. badass way of them doing it. You know, that would be really cool. Oh. And I'm, I'm also thinking of Captive Hearts. You know, uh-huh. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. But, like, give me one situation. One situation, Saul gets captured. Okay. In some way, shape, or form, captive heart in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, could also, and I hate to say it because I don't want to, because everyone always, you know, draws a comparison to The Walking Dead. And I'm going to, if, if you haven't, if you're not caught up through The Walking Dead, and um, I would say episode, uh, book maybe 55-ish, mm-hmm. stop listening for about 20 seconds. Um, but, in the the assault on the prison with mm-hmm. uh, your our, our big friend mm-hmm. who then gets held out in front of everyone and killed with the katana and he gets his head chopped off blah 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 during the prison assault mm-hmm. you know if I can almost see something like that maybe even happening to Victor oh. and they they know there are spotters out there with you know Saul and CJ uh-huh. put him up on the wall and just watch him be tortured and killed oh god that would be horrible. I don't know how that exactly plays out, and I don't know that it will play out that way. I hope it doesn't. I know. I, you know, when you know the, I mean? they were talking about Victor going into the tank and everything, I'm like, oh, I can just see Victor being killed off. It was just like yeah. a, a split second. Like, I think that was even my notes. Don't kill off Victor. Because, once again, you know, it, it's not all about Saul, but a lot of it is to get in there, yeah. you know. And so it's like, I get, Saul, I already think, has like a lot riding on his shoulders already. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of pressure, pressure, not pressure, but like, um, Burden, maybe I don't know what the word is I'm looking for here. It's just another thing to back up. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then we have a comment from Liam, or Liam says about Scratch. Liam. She is too important. Maybe she gets into some trouble, but if something happens to her disadvantage, then the impact will be very low. I hold it as more likely she will deceive herself out of the situation, or that she will end up producing dead bodies like she often does. She is ruthless and crazy enough. Why is she important? Because she is the only generally powerful and real antagonist of the Tower Folk. My impression about other Maulers is that they are less connected to the Tower, and even the Gatekeeper has still has no impact on this whole thing. Surprise in the box? Maybe, but unlikely, because he is the only antagonist Michael, Pegs, and Kelly. Yeah. Again, it's a really, really good point when you think that as Scratch is the primary yeah. human antagonist. Because there's a lot that, again, she has to answer for or has to continue pursuing. Because, you know, if she doesn't pursue it and she dies, you know, that kills off the Peg storyline. That kills off Angel's backstory. That kills off Riley's redemption. Bert mm-hmm. uh, attempting to do anything. Um, yeah, and who wants to see Scratch go out via Durai? I mean, come on. That yeah, would... no. Absolutely not. That's not yeah. nearly as entertaining as seeing Jenna her... Jenna McCombie deserves something better than that. Damn straight. She deserves having Riley breaking her neck with, like, I don't know, Bert! heads. You're head so team, takeover. like, you're so team Riley killing... I'm so team Bert. It's so funny. We'll see who wins. Who prevails. Right, that, 
That's it. That's that's our new Twitter campaign. Uh, Team Rally versus Team Bert. Yep. <laughs> Hashtags. So we will see hopefully how that plays out soon. Who knows? Again, Casey might like cock tease us and make us wait forever and a half. Yep. All right. So the next topic of conversation is the Lizzie and Brick snafu. And I call it a snafu because everything going on right now is a snafu. You have the Scratch yep. Dry Angel snafu, the Victor Tank snafu, and now the Lizzie and Brick snafu. Let's just call them clusterfucks. Let's call it what it is. A clusterfuck. All right. They're all clusterfucks. So uh, most of this about the Lizzie and Brick stuff is all, you know, more, again, relationship. Uh, before, before we get into the relationship part of it, uh, another Pike Paw reference. <laughs> um, his, his thought was, why do you walk into a room covered in blood and not want to talk about it? <laughs> that seems like a bad plan. And I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're covered in blood. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Go change. We'll have dinner later. We have, we'll, we'll talk about this over dinner. No, that's not how it usually goes no, down. No, that's... No. All right. right. First one is from I see as Angel. I see Ninjal. <laughs> Whatever. I see as Ninjal. I don't know how to pronounce this. I see Y A Z N G E L. Why can't people have, like, forum names of, like, Bob and, like, Peter and, like, Scott? Because those are not nearly as entertaining for internet purposes. I know, especially when I'm a hair lip and I can't pronounce shit anyway. All right. This person says, on the Lizzie Bricks dynamic, I wonder if there's something going on between them behind the scenes. If you think about it, Lizzie has no idea if Saul is alive or dead. She wasn't at the tower when the MPK returned from the colony, so she might not even know they still... She might not even know that they know it exists. She's known Bricks longer than the original gang, knows that he's there to protect her and the baby... Hence, it would be silly of her not to form a relationship with him on the account of cheating on Saul. Hardcore, I'm just going to get through these really quick. Okay. Hardcore says, yeah, it does feel like there's something going on between Briggs and Lizzie. Also, I found it interesting the way she kept asking him what happened with the blood on his clothes. Kind of like this isn't the first time he's come back with blood on him. I think we're getting some more insight on Briggs' character. He might be the type of guy who's normally nice and gentle, but then goes batshit crazy every now and then and rips someone apart in a fit of rage. Maybe he's mm -hmm. a Hulk. Um, let's see. Adventurous Hero says, Lizzie and Bricks getting scratch. Oh, that's another thing. Okay, so that's the relationship. So, honestly, yeah. I kind of get the impression that Lizzie kind of, like, is, is caring for Bricks. Like, she looks over him. He's this big hulking thing, but I feel like she's, like, an emotional, like, crutch for him in a sense. Like, she kind of babies him but not yeah. really you know what i you see what i'm saying yeah no i i get it it's 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 sort of like that stockholm thing that i said wasn't going to happen with her yeah I, it, it sort of is manifesting itself on the bricks it's not really so much her captors mm -hmm. which i would view more as scratch and derai mm -hmm. uh bricks is a protector bricks it, it's really strange what their relationship is because mm -hmm. he apparently has stayed over there Mm -hmm. Because he like I know that she's got a lot of his clothes because she's pregnant, but I feel like he went into her apartment or wherever she's staying, went directly into another room where he knows that he can change or whatever, mm -hmm. and she doesn't think anything of it. Right. It's not abnormal. Right. He has his own place, but he's got stuff over at Lizzie's, so that to me is a very strong indicator that something else is going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, the person's name who you can't pronounce. Um, <laughs> They're the ones that said uh, she, that Saul wasn't around for... Right. Uh, but she does know that Saul wasn't in the tower when it fell. So she knows that he survived to a point. She also knows that his the Humvee got hit with an uh, with a RPG. Mm. 
So I don't know that she thinks that maybe he's dead from that. Because that's the last time that she saw him was being attacked in in, in uh, chapter 24. So maybe, maybe. I wish I could see their body language <laughs> yeah. when they talk and interact. Uh, no offense to Bricks as a character, but, you know, I think he's kind of, he's all like brawn, you know. So I feel like Lizzie he, is just a little closed off. Yeah, I feel he, like Lizzie's... He's, he's a little more typical jockey male. I feel he doesn't like Lizzie, express his yeah, is more like a, oh, I don't want to say she's too smart for him, but I feel like she wouldn't be into someone that's like that. But maybe I, because well, I, was... I, no, see, here's the thing, this is what I'm getting at, is maybe I spend too, too much time with Blair, you know, the character that portrays Lizzie, so mm-hmm. maybe I'm drawn like a, because when I, when I hear Lizzie talking now, all I can picture is Blair's face, like, talking. Oh, yeah, of course. So maybe, you know, it's my own, like, personal obstacle that I can't, like, ah, but for some reason, I just don't, I would be surprised, let me just put it that way, if they ended up having a thing. I, at this point, I, at first, I was very much against the idea Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really getting towards leaning towards the fact that something may be going on mm-hmm. uh, between them that might be on a deeper, more emotional level. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, y- you can't necessarily say that she wouldn't go for it. She went for Todd, biker dude. Exactly. Loved his point. motorcycles, bad boy. And when you're Bricks. in, like you said, in, like the situation where I think any affection could easily manifest into something like bigger, because that's yeah. all you have. Right, and the guy—I mean, Bricks legitimately protects her. Mm-hmm. He walks her everywhere, and you know, granted, it may not be uh, on the most up and up their relationship and his protection, but he's still doing it. Right. He's still protecting her. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That's another thing I'm really excited to see unfold. Um, Todd is dead. Says, is there anyone else noticing the parallels between the Saul CJ relationship <clears throat> and the Lizzie Bricks relationship? Both seem on the cusp of having something, but there's one thing keeping them from making it happen. I don't know. The Liz Bricks scene felt very uh, personal, to me at least. I'll be interested to hear how the rest of the story plays out now that Victor's in the colony and Saul CJ are left alone. We have yet to really see that yet. Yeah. Okay. And again, it 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 feel it another they are they seem very 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 comfortable with each other, both both groups. Right. Both CJ and Saul and, and Lizzie and Bricks have a comfort level with each other that what you is not what you would expect from a casual friendship. Right. They, they seem a lot CJ more interesting. Maybe CJ and Bricks will end up hooking up. That would make me happy because that way everyone ends up with someone except <laughs> Victor. I can't. I can't see those two hooking up. Could you imagine? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> they they would need a reality show. That'd be a really funny couple to watch. I don't think CJ could put up with bricks. All right. Um, we have this, a random this, little. This tid- must happen. <laughs> this must happen. A little where life spinoff. Yes. There you go. Uh, we have a little random thing from Adventureless Hero. And Nick, of I know course. you were um, you you responded to this on the forum, but. He says, I wonder if CJ already knows that Saul and Victor are lying. Think about it. Wouldn't she know that Victor was never at the colony when the Maulers were in charge? Hasn't she heard the whole story about how Victor, Michael, and the rest escaped during a coup? Lol. From CJ's perspective, she should be asking, if Victor knew the Maulers were at the colony when they killed Sean, then doesn't that mean Victor would have have told Saul where the Maulers were so he could immediately begin looking for Lizzie? So if she reasoned things out, she would realize that Victor had no idea the Maulers were at the colony, and therefore could not have known that Maulers were responsible for Sean's death. I understand my explanation is a bit confusing, but it makes sense. Duh. Yes. Duh. Now, 
You, okay, go ahead. Because I know you responded. Uh, I responded, but I don't remember what I said because he ended up out-dueling me in, in his next post. He did out um, to you, and... And, and it makes perfect sense, although Casey then came back and, and uh-huh. smacked him down, too. Casey um, pretty much said, you know, but you're assuming that the Maulers were already at the colony when they killed Sean. You know, they, they could have killed Sean. Killed him en route. At the, at the water pumping station, or, you know, wherever. They could, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's definitely a question maybe CJ has asked, but she has no exact proof, or no one's, well, not proof, but, she, you know, it's never been specified that... They never said, you know, they were at the colony when they killed him, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was something else I was going to add to that, but I can't remember. Oh, um, another, a few other forum posts were, were thinking, you know, yeah, I already thought about this, but I think she's just doing it to help out the guys. That That is but a weak, motiv- it's a weak like, motivation. But where's the end game for her in that Right, sense. and that, and there has to be a motivation for her to help, and the motivation mm-hmm. is blank. Right, because we don't know really what her motivation or endgame is for helping them or trying to start this revolution. Because if she if she succeeds and Saul gets who he wants back, mm-hmm. that leaves CJ out in the cold if indeed CJ is or pursuing Saul. Right. If she's not pursuing Saul, then I'm even more confused as to really why she would risk life and limb. Right. 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 Oh, right. So now we have some future guesses and theories and all the good stuff. Okay, we have our good friend, I see his angel, whatever, again. <laughs> <laughs> I see an angel. No, but there's a there's a N in No, that's, what I'm, I'm, that's all I'm saying is that that's what you should just call the person. I see his angel. Yeah, because it's AZ and whatever. Alright, this person says, I'm a little scared at what will happen when Saul and company bust in and give the colonists colony, yeah, weapons for the coop if the plan goes successfully. Since the Maulers have been treating Lizzie well, most people would see Lizzie as one of the Maulers. Saul and co. obviously see Brex as being aligned with the Maulers. All it takes is for one person to encounter the wrong person at the wrong time without having the whole story and bang, bad times. I'm most afraid of Saul coming in and hurting Brex. As much as Lizzie loved Saul before, I don't think she could easily forgive forgive him if he killed Brex, regardless of whether something was going on between them or not. I just get this very funny Im- mental image of of this 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 tiny little Saul mm-hmm. having to like jump up to punch this big guy bricks in the face, yeah, and bricks just sort of like swatting him aside and laughing at him like a fly, yeah, yeah, like back uh, off, bitch. He keeps trying to hurt him, he just can't do it, mm-hmm. and then Lizzie stops them both. Yeah, I, I yeah I I could see that happening very easily. I am Paul says, what a great episode. The Lizzie Bricks deal is going to be interesting. I wonder if Scratch has the room bugged or something. I imagine another interrogation session with Bert and Scratch goes to do something to Bert and Bricks says no more, then breaks her arms off or some stuff. As if, as for Victor in the water tank, I cannot remember the colony member's name, Bixby, but I'm for sure that he will side with Victor and the crew. He lost all of his power when the Maulers came and took over, so he may want revenge. Then when revenge is taken, he will turn on Victor and company. I missed the show. Glad to hear a new episode. Mm-hmm. Todd is dead. <laughs> oh my god, this is terrible. I just now got that forum name. He he apparently um, has had that for a long time and thought it was very poetically awesome that there oh. was a guy that Todd. I oh, I don't know. I was like, oh, Todd Lizzie's boy. Okay. Yeah. All right, he says, whatever happens, one simple fact is pretty clear. Saul and Victor are screwed when it comes to the after effects of, quote, the lie regarding the Maulers killing Sean. And why would I say that? Number one, 
Shovelface knows who killed Sean. Hell, for all we know, he could have been the one who arranged it. Now it is mm-hmm. a bit early to start thinking Bixby is in, quote, inside man, but stranger things have happened. It's true. Number two. Bixby very well could be a, a very, very big help for the plan, but a very big problem. Yep. Number two, Bricks. This is going entirely on a hunch, but I'm I'm of the mind at this point that if Sean was a prison guard, in my mind, in my mind, he can't be anything else. Bricks most likely will know him by description. It really is shaping up a lot, like the Liz Bricks will be leaving together. I just can't see how this question could not come up. Post rescue, revolt, revolution. Hashtag fix a badass. <laughs> Random. Number three. Lizzie, she has essentially had her freedom to move about the colony since they came there. Granted, she came in a few days after Durai and his group arrived, but during her time she during her time there, she never saw or heard anything of the name Sean. That's where it ends. Yes. Alright. So, I mean, either way, I think we're all like pretty much convinced that CJ will find out the truth sooner or later. I mean, uh-huh. it's just one of those things that's going to happen. I'd be really surprised if Casey like ended the real life franchise with CJ, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Unless he plans on killing her off before she ever gets a chance to learn the truth. Like, she's oh, about, how- to, le- about to learn the truth and someone stabs her in the back. How shitty would that be? Should she die like during the colony thing, like never knowing the truth? And then they would feel so bad. I don't hope like, they would feel bad. If they don't feel bad, then I would have to think a lot less of some of these characters. I hope not, because I really like CJ. I really like her voice. It's, yes. like, soothing. Uh, uh, but that's all I have for foreign posts, so if you have anything. I got a couple things. Um, Ramblin' Mike says, It strikes me as a bad thing that they're ratting out Scratch, being, obviously, Liz and Bricks. If she's out of the picture or turned against Liz Bricks, then who will protect the pregnant one and her spawn? Unless, of course, Saul gets there first. Um so, again, that's another scenario that, in this case, um, Scratch loses. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I guess, Bricks loses. Excuse <laughs> uh, <laughs> me. Um, we've already heard a lot from him, so I'm not going to read that one. Um, <laughs> this is what you get for uh, being too good at posting. Uh, Tyler D., uh, in regards to the live event. By the way, Nick, I thought the guy at the live event doing the comedy and hosting was you, and I was like, I thought Nick was a white guy. <laughs> I thought his voice sounded like yours. I realized when he started doing comedy, it wasn't uh, you, though. I mean, you're funny, man, but I can't give you that much credit. And I agree. <laughs> I'm funny, man, but you really can't give me any credit. <laughs> oh, no. So sad. That's pretty much it. Okay. Sweet. Well, yeah, so we have a lot of um, ends, I guess, that we're called, kind of waiting to play out. What's going to happen oh, yeah. with Scratch? Um, is she going to get ratted out? What's going on with Lizzie and Bricks? What's going on with Saul and CJ and poor Victor? What's Bixby's motives? There's a lot going on. Is Gatekeeper still alive? Is Gatekeeper still alive? When will CJ find about? What's going the hell is going on for Erwin? What is Nurse Britt doing? No one knows. Well, let's see. She's doing Michael. She's doing Pete. You're not doing oh, yeah. Dr. Jason anymore unless you're doing a corpse. Well, um, yeah. Who are your other 15 boyfriends? Did, uh, they're, you doing they're everywhere. Puck? They're all fictional characters. even. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess they all are kind of fictional, huh? Yeah. That was weird. I just put myself like inside like Nurse Britt's like, IRL mindset, and that was really strange. Anyway, hmm. I guess that's all I have. If you have anything else to add, if not, we can do some house cleaning and wrap her up. Let's do some house cleaning and wrap her up, because this Let's house is fucking dirty. <laughs> That's what she's... No, that doesn't work. Anywho, <laughs> so to recap, um, like Nick said, you can now follow us again. Well, on We're Not... WND Podcast. Um, we actually have a live person, like, 
doing things on there now. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can do that. Nick will relay the message, or you can tweet me at Brit5091 or Nick at Nick Voodoo, right? N-I-K-V-O-D-O-O. Either way, I will get a hold of it. I have them all routing to me all day long. There you go. Um, you can send us emails at we're not dead podcast at gmail.com or WND at zombiepodcast.com or whatever. I haven't checked the email inbox because I uh, just now realized that none of the emails have been forwarded to my phone, so I haven't gotten any alerts. Oh. So that might be, Nick, good. another thing I can give you access to if you would like. <laughs> Woohoo! I'll take it. All Yay! the technologies are belong to me. I know, good old Nick. Um, what else is there? Oh, make sure you check out my blog early next week, blunder.com, and I will be giving away that hat, which is awesome. And again, we'll post that on the forum, we'll post it on Twitter, we'll post it on Facebook. You will have ample opportunity to figure it out. Yes, and we'll even post it on Twitter, if you didn't say that. I did say Twitter. Okay, I forget. And if I did and... say Twitter, I meant to say Twitter. I know. Okay, fine. And I think then that, and we have a guest lined up for our off week. Which will be, I don't know when. Uh, the last week of August, I believe. There you go, last week of August. So that will be fun times. Yes. Now let's just hope that this time when we say we have this guest lined up, it will actually happen. Yes, let's hope so. It'll be <laughs> As opposed to the last time where we said, episode 41, we'll have a guest. And then two and a half months later, there still wasn't an episode 41. Was it two and a half months? No, it was only a month. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> okay, no, we're not, cool. we're not that neglectful. We're close to that neglectful, but we're not that bad. That would have been terrible. Yeah. We ever had like record a solo podcast by ourselves in that case. Yes. Not have been good. All right. So for Nick and for me, thank you for listening to We're Not Dead and we're out. Bye. Ooh, ooh, wait, 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 wait. Just wait, wait, We're not out. I have, I have to announce something. Oh, Okay. Um, so bees, actually, if you can like stick this in before I like start wrapping it up, like saying for Nick, for me, um, okay, Nick, we'll just start like we haven't ended yet. Okay. Of course. Okay. Nick and I also have some exciting news for those Kalani fans out there. Yes. Kevin Flood has been cast in the role of Alistair Green in the future Wichita. Okay, so this is amazing nice. for a few purposes. First of all, he's been cast in something new, a future, which is really, really, really exciting. And two, uh, his his name of this character, this, I can't even talk because I'm this excited. <laughs> the character's name is Alistair, which if you, anyone knows me at all, that is my favorite video game character almost of all time. Like, I would have that man's babies. He's from Dragon Age, and it's just like the most amazing thing ever. Anywho, so you can check out um, more information and just add Kevin on a Facebook. His name is Kevin Flood, and it is called Wichita, the movie, and it even has its own Facebook fan page. Nice. So, yeah, make sure you check that out and support Kevin because this is really exciting for him and for us, and we're all really happy for him. I can't tell you just ever so randomly that I was listening to another podcast, which uh, there are other podcasts out there other than we're alive. I'm sorry to break first your bubble. <laughs> um I was listening, and, and they had a, a listener email segment, and there was a guy named Kalani. <gasps> and I was like, what? I wonder if Kevin Flood plays fantasy football, but uses his character name to send an email. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was amusing, that there's actually a guy named Kalani. That is and pretty exciting. I, 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 I tittered over it. Um, there's my When I was working for my old job, there was a girl, a woman there who had a son. Her name was like... I don't even know, but I remember it sounded like Kalani. And so I'm like, what's your son's name? And it was some, like, Hawaiian name, you know, of course. And so now I always call him Kalani. I was like, how's your son Kalani doing? And she's like, that's not his name. I was like, oh. Well, that's what it should be. I know. It's a good name. So go fix it. Go fix it. Okay, and now we can do, like, the wrapping up. So for Nick, for me, whatever. Cool. Thanks, bees. You're the best. 
I'm going to laugh if all that makes it back in. I know, it will. He's, he's a jerk face. Total jerk face. So, yeah. <laughs>